everybody, and welcome back into the Media Tavern. If you like discussions about movies, TV, and music, you have come to the right place. I am your co-host, Eric. With me is the other co-host and producer, Todd Stanton. How you doing, buddy? Very good. How are you? You know, I'm looking at us today, and you mentioned it earlier, off before we started recording, uh, there's a lot of sun on both of us, and and you thought maybe it was something with our cameras, and I was like, no, I think it's because we actually have sun out today. <laughs> yeah, it's like I it's something we haven't seen that big fiery ball in the sky in the last yeah. I don't know month or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had to bring my son. And go look, see what that is. That's called the sun. <laughs> yeah, the mole people coming out of the ground out of yeah, uh, our houses here. And he's like twenty eight, so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely like a shock to the system. I'm hoping I'll get some vitamin E here through the windows. Yeah, through the I don't window. Think so. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work that way, but that's a nice thought. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm enjoying, I know you're not a sports guy, but the NFL playoffs have been bonkers. My kid and I just hung out. Well, he had a bunch of stuff going on, but after he was done with this stuff, he played hockey and he had basketball and stuff. But after that, we just hung out and watched football all day yesterday, and it was amazing. The games were bananas, so that was fun. I'm looking forward to the rest, and... Um, Watching movies, watching TV, listening to music. I got all sorts of takes and thoughts and ideas. How about you, buddy? Uh, well, this is something I haven't really mentioned before. Um, and you can see some of it in the background for those people watching it online. Um, I bought a new 3D printer, and it's super, super cool. It's super fast. So um, but for those of you who probably wouldn't know or don't know, <laughs> Todd is a 3D printer enthusiast and he has gone to the dark side of insanity with this thing uh, i love the stuff he's done you, you can see in our video feed but i can tell you that there's like a life-size boba fett action figure well that's right he, there yeah he, yeah he, but yeah. you can't see it if you're just listening like you should be True. Podcast. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> and he's built uh, an r2d2 he built an arc of the covenant all full-size real things so what tell me what you got going on now dude so it's a brand new printer that prints really, really fast. I mean, parts that it would take six hours will be done in an hour. I mean, uh, me and another buddy bought the printer at the exact same time. It's called a Bamboo Carbon X1, or it's a Bamboo Labs X1 Carbon for all you nerds who enter the 3D. No free print. ads, though. No yes, free ads. Yeah, no free ads. But I just, I, I love it. I've got, I've got uh, five different brands of printers, and this one I love so much. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really, really fast and it's, uh, I don't know, it's so cool. I'm excited about it. And there's a, it comes with like a camera. You can like watch it, you know, printing on your phone, not just because you, you're bored and you want to watch printing, but in case there's a problem, you can shut it off, you know, remotely. <laughs> it's just super cool. And it's got multiple colors. So normally when you print, you can only print one color at a time. On this, you can print upwards of 16 different colors. Dude, That's it's crazy, crazy, crazy fun. But what are oh. you, what are you making, or is it a big trade secret? Um, right now I'm not really making anything specific. I mean, I am, I do, I won't get into the details of the things that I'm selling. But I made this last night. This is the mask from the mask. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, the kind of wooden tiki mask yeah. from the movie The Mask. That's I'm pretty gonna cool. paint it, but it's, don't put it uh, on because it might stick no, forever and you become scary. <laughs> yeah. I tried it on last night, nothing happened, but, um, 
so yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I've been having so much fun experimenting and playing with that. And it's just me and my buddy were talking about like 3d printing is this side of teleportation. I, I can see what you're getting at there. I mean, so well, I, it, imagine five ahead. years down the road, you know, like, like when fax machines first came out on the, you know, in the eighties where you'd fax something and on the other side, you'd have a copy of that document right now. That's what this will be like. You know, if you want a copy of this, Eric can go, hey, send that to me. I can go, okay, press a button, and you have it on your side automatically. Yeah, it's super cool. And, I mean, the idea of, like, some of the stuff that's actually functional, like, people can, I mean, this is not the way to do this, but you can, like, make weapons. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy directions you can go with it. Yeah. They're out of nothing. You know what I mean? Like out of imagination or plans or whatever. Everything. I'm telling you, everything is out there. And it makes me think of, again, the future. I think, remember the scene in uh, The Fifth Element and they, they find just the, the the hand of, you know, the, the special being or whatever. And then they print the rest of her yeah. out from her DNA. Just super cool. Not, I don't think we'll be probably ever there, but who knows? I mean, uh, just amazing stuff. So yeah, that's what that's I was doing this weekend. Nice. That's super cool. All right. So real quick, I want to mention something. If people out there have any ideas, because that just gave me an idea of, you know, someday down the road, maybe we could do a fifth element pod. But if anyone out there has any ideas for us to do a movie or TV or any music, we should spotlight that we forgot things we forgot, things we should do, things you like. Uh, you can always email us at dmediatavern at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. And, of course, we've got that mighty Facebook page. Go join. Give it a like. Uh, you know, we're always out there kind of messing around on social media. So if you can find us and comment, let's have some fun with that. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, that, all that information will be up on the screen, too. If you watch the YouTube version of this, you'll Which be able you're to you're wasting your time. Yeah. It's a podcast, not a YouTube cast. No, you're not, because then you're just making some guys are visual, and they just don't want to hear voices. But I think everyone that's listened to us so far, is, it's only been the audio version. But you have a shirt underneath your jacket there. What is that? That I mean, Dude, I'm wearing the, by the, the most underrated and the most, if you don't, like, tell me you're from Toledo without saying you're from Toledo thing. It is my mighty uh, Rudy's Hot Dog Rudy's t-shirt. Rudy's Hot Dog, yeah. Uh, Rudy's yeah. Hot Dog, for those of us, not, for those of you not in Toledo, Ohio, um, is a, people People think that Tony Paco's is the, the famous hot dog thing here in Toledo because of mash and what ends and stuff and they are but rudy's hot dog is where it's at if you're from toledo you really know it is the greasiest most delightful hot dogs and disgusting fries and the best i love disgusting their fries. In the best way possible i love uh, their where, fries i really yeah, do the, everything about their place is great when i used to, when i was a kid my dad and mom were divorced when i was super little and on sundays i'd hang out with my dad and he would always take me to rudy's hot dog he'd buy a pitcher of beer he'd buy me a, like a bunch of hot dogs and I would just play music in the jukebox all day and stuff. It yeah. was super great. And hang on, play video games. It was like fun. And the, the building, the place I went to is still there. So it's great. That Yeah, that's, you know, we have, we literally have a Rudy's hot dog just down the street from us, from our house here. So yeah, they're all over, uh, man. But anyway, yeah, so uh, I see you have your uh, your shirt. Tell me what's going on there with that one. Please explain for the people. Cinco de Mayo on this. I get one every year because- at this particular restaurant, I'm considered the part owner, even though I'm not really. 
Yeah, which um, is why we go there all the time. I used to live right around the corner from there when we lived at our other house, and we would walk down there, like, I'm not joking, three times a week. Um, there was actually one day I, I ate there three times in one day. Uh, but the <laughs> name of the place is my turnaround for all you video crowd. Yeah, it's, it's a, name, a place called El Salto. Yes. And it originated in Valparaiso, Indiana. Uh, the, and then they came over here. Um, there's like two locations in Toledo. The, the only one that's good is the one in Maumee. Sorry, Sylvania. And uh, now there's like five People of them. People don't even in, know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. There's like five of them in Indiana now. You can actually go down like uh, uh, the Turnpike or 80, go down 80. And uh, there's actually billboards. It's so weird to see a billboard for this little kind of restaurant. So yeah. anyways, that's, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite restaurants here in Toledo. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of restaurants, the reason that we uh, are even talking about food this early in the morning is because today's uh, kind of central topic is going to be a recent movie called The Menu. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm going to, for those of you watching for Todd, actually, when he's watching this at home later, because he's going to be the one person watching. Uh, I need to entertain myself. Thing, yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get into my restaurant mode here. Look and at that. The background is now a fancy restaurant. Look at that. Where is that? It looks. Is uh, it, I don't know. I just grabbed a random thing, but it looks, looks like Italy like the or something. I mean, uh, so um, beautiful. So uh, you and I both watched the movie The Menu. Yep. Um, it was in theaters and then uh, ended up on HBO uh, Max recently. I think just around I don't know, maybe a month ago or so. Yeah. And so you and I both have had a chance to watch it. Um, what, uh, I, I guess I could ask you what you think, but would you like me to go through kind of a quick overhaul of the movie? Do you want to talk about your initial thoughts? What do you think? Well, I, I will say this is one of the other, um, trailers that I saw when I was in the theater, when I saw Nope, um, it was, it was the menu and Barbarian were the two movies that really stuck out in the, and it seems like there's an ungodly amount of trailers anymore when you go see a movie. Uh, at a theater, which I love trailers, but if they're sucky trailers, you, you know, that's hard to get through. But The Menu and Barbarian were the two that caught my eye. Um, as you know, we both love uh, Barbarian. The Menu, I only have one word review. Are like, you ready? Is this like the Spinal Tap shark sandwich? Like <laughs> one two-word review shit sandwich? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, dumb. I just thought it was dumb. Everything about it was dumb. Now, I know you're probably going to tell me there's some deep meaning behind everything. One of the things that I hate, and I mentioned it on another podcast, is I don't like movies that have to be explained externally. Um, it just bugs me. I don't mind doing it. I'll go and watch what someone's explanation is of it, but I don't think it's a very well-executed movie if it needs external Expl explaining so maybe you feel differently on that but um well i would i would counter with perhaps it's you that's broken and not the movie itself i could be the dumb one just i mean that, that's, just... it's not the, I, I would be the first i thought it was dumb i'll give you another word pretentious i felt like it was a little okay it was a little like too much into thinking this is deep and this means something and all the it's supposed to be a comedy too and i didn't think it was funny at all 
All right. Okay. Well, I think that's kind of the crux of the movie itself is about pretension in a way and about uh, about kind of like class uh, warfare, you know, class, you know, disparity. Yeah. Um, So let me let me run through the movie. So those of you listening, if you haven't seen the menu and you don't want to have it spoiled, please skip ahead. There's nothing to spoil. Please skip ahead about half an hour, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, but if you don't care or you've seen it, let's go. Yeah. So uh, the menu is directed by Mark Mylod, who um, he directed uh, some great episodes of Succession, one of my favorite shows probably ever. Game of Thrones, another one of my favorite shows probably ever. Uh, he did some Shameless episodes. He's like all across the board, great uh, kind of uh, artist. Um, it stars Rafe Fines as um, Chef Slowick. And Anna Taylor Joy as a character named Margot, um, Nicholas Holt. Uh, you may remember from the X Men and a couple other things um, uh, about a boy. His name is um, that's another thing he was in. Uh, plays the character Tyler, uh, the great Janet McTeer, who was one of the best characters in Ozark. Played Helen Pierce in Ozark. She's in this, and um, John Lee. John Leguizamo as like yeah. kind of a sunsetting movie care uh, movie actor. Yeah, good, good, uh, and then, good cast. Great yeah, cast. and then Hong Chow, who uh, was um, Lady True in the Damon Lindelof, um, uh, the Damon Lindelof Watchmen, which I totally loved, and she was great in that. Almost unrecognizable in this part um, as Elsa, the kind of second in command. So the plot goes like this, pretty much in a nutshell. There is a uh, famous restaurant. Well, there's a group of people, different groups of people get called. Uh, they they pay an exorbitant amount of money to go to this special dining event on this this remote island by uh, Chef Slowick, which is Ray Fines, and uh, the place is called Hawthorne, and it's like a super fancy secluded island resort dinner, and they're paying for this amazing quote unquote experience. <laughs> so. The groups go, they arrive in this airplane, they get there, and they all kind of check in, and um, um, uh, Hong Chow is there as, uh, Elsa is there as kind of like checking people in, and they're like, oh, welcome, you know, oh, welcome, okay, we expected you, and they know kind of a lot about the backgrounds of the people, it's kind of weird, and uh, when um, when the um, Nicholas Holt character gets there, he's supposed to have his wife with him, but instead he has... Anna Taylor Joy, who is not his wife, and that sends off a red flag to we don't know why at this point, uh, a red flag to the uh, check-in people. Yeah, it makes it uh, awkward. So that's kind of something. Makes it awkward. Yeah. Go to self, right? And and Anna Taylor Joy kind of playing Anna Taylor Joy as Anna Taylor Joy, where she's just sort of like whatever, you know. Okay, uh, this place seems kind of snotty, and so they go to the restaurant and. Uh, you know, they, there's like an army of uh, chefs behind the thing, and this is beautiful kind of open concept restaurant uh, where um, Chef Slowick is like uh, kind of introducing the whole idea of the meal to them, and there's a it's a series of courses uh, that get kind of more and more progressively explanative of the kind of end game of this dinner. So. Things kind of like start out innocently enough with like uh, uh, one kind of a basic, you know, intro meal uh, course and 
then slowly but surely things kind of get more and more strange and you can kind of tell that that the chef has sort of disdained a uh, disdain for each table we've got like the sun setting kind of retiring uh, over the hill movie star uh we've got the uh, movie uh, the restaurant reviewer we've got the like incredible brown nosing food fan and slowic fan uh with um with the tyler character and then we've got uh there's a there's a rest there's like a table of an older couple and they all kind of like start getting more and more progressively uncomfortable as the meals go uh there's going to the be a test kind of, at the end of this uh review so you get so so you can remember who is who you yeah, know yeah 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 so <laughs> so basically like his mom like the chef's mom is sitting there in the corner and it gets kind of weird yeah and then the the first meal that kind of sets things off is um there's the it's the third course which is chicken tacos with scissors in it and he kind of people are like oh that's amazing and then he kind of goes into this horrible story about his childhood and everything else and then the next people start getting more and more freaked out but they can't really leave because the the army of chefs has kind of locked them into the restaurant and there seems to be kind of like some blackmail going on so eventually we get to a, a course called the mess and the mess involves one of the chefs sous chefs to come in he basically gets dressed down in front of the whole crowd they lay out a like a tarp and then this chef blows his brains out and they kind of incorporate that into the meal and people start screaming and thinking it's either fake or not and then uh the meals get progressively more and more freaked out and uh beyond that even and um, it comes to pass that we realize that Anna Taylor-Joy is not supposed to be there. She is a, um, a call girl, I guess I'll say, who Tyler had brought. And it, and it comes to light that Tyler actually knew this whole thing was going to happen, didn't bring his wife because he didn't want her to die. He brought this poor stranger with him who she kind of finds out that she's been played and is there in basically this kind of death trap and she on and so Anna Taylor Joy in her cunning Anna Taylor Joyness sort of figures out that the chef has brought all these people together and he sort of d discusses this in his meals that he's brought these people together because they have all sort of torn down the 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 joy and the structure of eating and preparing food and the humanity of it. And each one of them is singularly responsible for different reasons why his joy of cooking and the cooking world in general has gone, turned into this like pompous presentary thing, as opposed to the, the, the meat and potatoes, quite literally uh, uh, life experience that, it, that he thinks it should be. Uh, the restaurant reviewer has kind of forced the closing of some restaurants with bad, pointless reviews. Uh, the one guy was like kind of like a money guy and took some of the money away from a place. And Tyler, it turns out, is sort of a uh, kind of a way over the top kind of like groupie butt kisser guy. And Anna Taylor-Joy figures out, okay, this chef guy is crazy, but he really just wants to enjoy the food. So she orders a cheeseburger. And he realizes that she's not supposed to be there, that she's just a regular human who hasn't done anything to mess up the food industry, makes her this cheeseburger. She asks for it, 
to go in a doggy bag because she knows she's she's got to get the hell out of there. He says, please do enjoy your meal. She leaves. And with the final meal, which is a ridiculous meal of uh, the um, uh, the uh, s'mores. Where, yeah. Where the Todd's holding up a dumb sign where they're all they all all the remaining people that are in the restaurant get dressed with a robe of of uh, a robe of marshmallows and a hat of chocolate, which is lit on fire. And they're all on fire and the whole place is going down. And Anna Taylor-Joy hoofs it out of there. And she kind of, and oh, oh, one more thing happens before this. Tyler gets taken to the mat and, and called out uh, before the thing. And he's asked to, oh, go ahead, you know, cook for us then, Mr. I'm a fan of everything you do, you know. And uh, so he goes into Hawthorne's kitchen, totally boofs the ball, makes like the, this raw lamb meal and essentially gets driven to suicide where he hangs herself. Forgot to mention that thing. Uh, so this is anyway, just dumb. So there's the, well, there's the, uh, then there, the, eventually Hawthorne catches on fire and Anna Taylor-Joy grabs the boat that they came in on, takes off down and watches the whole place burn and explode while enjoying her cheeseburger. And I believe that is the end of the movie. And congratulations, it's been spoiled for you if you weren't aware of it. It's not. But that is kind of in a very large coconut shell, the breakdown of the movie, the the menu. And uh, without saying just the word dumb, tell me more about your thoughts about this movie. You know, hearing you go through it again just made me relive what I hated about the you know, it's just like everyone, especially the ending when they're all wearing those stupid um, s'mores, marshmallow things on their head or whatever. And it's just like, but they're just okay with dying. They know they're going to die. I mean, like no one is like, it just doesn't feel real at all. I just don't get it. If this movie is like filled with some kind of like laced with all kinds of symbolic meaning and all that. It's stupid. I'm sorry. It's stupid. There's no way that this movie, no, I know you looked up some explanations on what this is yeah, because it's not very clear. Well, I, um, didn't, I didn't really have to look it up as much as I wanted to kind of like, I mean, I understood the whole point. I just wanted to kind of verbalize it. What was the whole point? Well, the idea is that, that there's a class war and that there's like a food, like not just the food service industry, but that people are not enjoying life in the way that they should. They're enjoying life for the wrong reasons. And this is just kind of an extreme reaction to that. And so you kill people. Like, I just don't get like the logic. I, it, it, Ray Fiennes, I mean, great actor to be playing in this stupid movie. I mean, I, it just, it I feels, thought he was one of the best things about this movie. I he thought may his have performance been. No, was amazing. I thought, uh, no, I liked Anna Taylor-Joy. I thought she was the most intriguing character. She was the most believable character, let's just say. Maybe that's why I liked her. Plus, she's easy to look at, you know, so there's that too. But I just don't understand, like, the logic behind this. Like, this guy is going to kill everybody in the room, but... There was the one couple that had been there several times, so that never happened before. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not buying the logic of. Well, I don't this know movie. that it's supposed to be like a documentary. Like, I don't think it's. I know I'm not to that dumb. Nine. I mean, I, I'm nine, not saying that. You're, I'm not saying I'm. What I'm <laughs> saying is, I don't think it's supposed to be hyper real. I think it's supposed to be very surreal. Actually, I, I didn't know. No, 
You're trying to. I mean, hard. I'm not. I'm not caping up for this movie. I didn't. I didn't really think it was. I. Let I found me ask it pretentious. you. I mean, you're you're describing it, but what did you like this movie? So I thought I liked parts of it, and I liked ideas of it, but I found it to be super pretentious. But that's okay. I don't mind pretentious. It can. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that's pretentious that I like. But I have two things that I that I kind of bumped up against. One is, um, well, I thought Ray Fiennes was great. He just has this ability to play crazy people that are about to blow but have something going on below the surface that's like different i don't know what it is about i agree him, with you i just didn't I just think see he's it in this like one. way underrated as an actor um i think he's like kind of on the bubble of character actor and leading man he's never really found one or the other almost since maybe like the english patient uh and but and Schindler's uh, but list. i don't know Schindler's list yeah and Schindler's list of course Great. you know what a fan, amazing yeah. feat of filmmaking. Yep. I think he's got that here. But here's the thing that I'm super unpopular opinion. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't I don't think Anna Taylor Joy is a good actor. I don't think she's a good actor. I, like I well, enjoyed the um the Queen's Gambit. I thought that was very good. I, uh, I loved it, as a matter of fact. Bored of it I just think quick. that she looks like she's reading a script all the time. Like Should she be. doesn't she she doesn't feel like she is a, I don't know like even in when she's in like um uh Peaky Blinders and stuff like that I just feel like she's always Split. getting I lapped her by Split. every other actor I liked her in Split fine I just think that she always gets destroyed by every other actor and here's the other thing right. I've heard tons of reviews with her she's yeah. a lovely human she's super cool she's yeah. really excited about what she's doing and very nice and like seems like a great person to chill with but like i just don't think she's that good and i think in this you just sort of see the the acting wheels turning i don't think i don't think you're being fair with her in this one because she's playing the straight person among all the oddballs you know i mean they're the clearly over the top written characters and she's the only one in my opinion that you could relate to because it's like i mean even though she's a hooker or uh, whatever word you want to use, she seemed to be the most like level-headed person in the room. I I, I don't even think I have to even say seems she was the most level-headed person. Well, yeah, in and this he, world and, and of you, kooks, and you could see that in the movie that uh, that the chef he instantly could tell that she was like a regular person and not like a elitist shithead like the rest of the people. So. I think that was kind of like the whole crux of the movie is that, you know, there's like the haves and the have nots and the have nots kind of get so stomped on by the haves that the haves almost forget about the have nots at all. I just didn't think so. I mean, on that topic, I just didn't think that the haves, even though they were written in a way to be, you know, real uh, uh, above everyone else, I just didn't feel like they were at the same time too like i know they were playing these people who you know had means and you know obviously it costs a lot of money to do you know this thing um but i just didn't feel like they were actually i just the movie is so dumb i can't even i having trouble trying to put it into well you've mentioned you mentioned that so let's let's figure out another no adjective. i can't think of another word it's just <laughs> it's just 
I just um, didn't. I didn't buy this movie at all. Not huh? not one second. I think it's definitely a movie that you have to buy into to enjoy. Like if you're like, take me on a ride, let's go, then you can dig it. But if you're like, this is stupid, then- I actually, you know what? I thought this movie was going to be. Uh, so maybe part of it is that I didn't think it was going to be a whole movie about them sitting at a table and the. I'm not anyone listening here. Um, the movie is literally people sitting at a table and they're being served this five or six course meal. I mean, they really don't go anywhere. There's a scene where they do break out at one point, but then they're back in this dining room setting. I mean, I thought this thing was going to become like, um, I don't know, like the light shut off and then everyone's kind of running around as there's a murderer in the house. I thought it was going to be something more thrilling. Something dumber. And, what's that? Something dumber. Maybe, but you know, it's something I didn't have to like keep track. They have chapters of what the different course meals are and like, I was dumb, dumb, dumb. Here, I'm putting my sign back up, dumb. Okay, so here's my thing with the movie that like overall, and I and I found this to be true with several movies I've seen over the last 10 years. When I come out of a movie and I'm like, nope, that wasn't for me, but I keep thinking about it, that kind of rings a bell to me that I didn't necessarily like it, but that there was something in it that was of value somewhere. And certain movies I think of all the time that are great, you know, like, oh, I was thinking about Close Encounters, what a great idea of humanity. Six sense. But I mean, yeah. like, movies that, like, I kind of brushed off, but then they still kind of grind through my mind a little bit. And this one kind of stuck with me a little bit. Doesn't mean I liked it that much. I thought it was okay, but it it has something a little more valuable than just kind of fluff, I guess. No, totally disagree. This is, <laughs> where, this is a, a Siskel and Ebert where they are. They are well, I'm not like saying like, yeah. again, I'm not caping up for this thing. Like you're a moron if you don't love this. I, no, I think you it, know, I mean, I understand what you're saying about when you watch a movie and, and you like re, put it on repeat in your head. Like I'll, I will say first time I saw Fight Club back in the day, um, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it as a rental. And I saw it by myself, and I think there's something about sharing a movie with somebody. You come away with a different reaction versus when you see it with just by yourself. Like you don't, I don't know, you don't bounce that your reaction to scenes off of anybody when you're by yourself. But I saw that movie, and I was just like, I don't know if I like the movie, but now it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I've seen it on repeat a million times. I love everything about it. Um, I love the symbolism, even in that film. Um, I just think it's a very good film, but this is nowhere near that. This will never be that. You're saying you need more shirtless Tyler Durden in this. You'd be be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. You need a little more, a little more beefcake in this would have really done well for you. That's the first thing I'm thinking of. So no. Um, well, all right. So let's, uh, let's kind of wrap that up there. I think we've sort of, you know, beaten this menu to death. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Kind yeah. of got the, you know, I'm not going to give people a yes or no because I think you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. Todd's this a pretty first, hardcore no on this. This is the first movie I'm giving an actual rating on. Dumb. Like, I don't know if that is that a real rating. It's a rating. It's a, <laughs> like smart would be I'm another gonna one. I'm going to keep this on my desk. So I'll just <laughs> pull it out if it ever, if a movie ever comes close. So, all, all right. right. Well, that yeah. does it for the uh, movie portion of our menu. Yeah. See? Do you like that? Nice. In the little, yeah, you're welcome. little, yeah. You're welcome, nice. America. Keeping with the food theme. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
So, all right, so I'm going to hop on my corner real quick here, Todd. Uh, all right, so on my corner today, my friend, I have some housekeeping to take care of. Whoa. And and that is that a lot of times when we finish a pod, I'll text you or call you and be like, oh, yeah. I forgot to talk about blah, blah, blah. My phone's blowing up. Like, whoa, whoa dude, we control the show. You can do whatever you want. So uh, I'm going to do a little bit of house cleaning, a little housekeeping on some of the things we've done in the past. Now, if you're listening to this and accurately, and you're not listening to it in the order of release, this might not make any damn sense to you, but- I think it will. If, if you have, that's okay. Yeah. So the first thing I want to mention is that a couple episodes ago, I talked about one of my favorite shows uh, I'd seen in a long time, which was SAS Rogue Heroes. And um, it's on- It's on- It's on uh, Epics. Epics, And yeah. uh, kind of a co-pro with the BBC, and it's about the formation of the SAS back in World War II- uh-huh when they're protecting the Suez Canal from the Nazis and the Italians and basically say salvaging the, the basically salvaging the Nazis taking over Africa and ergo taking over everything. Um, and the whole a, thing on it, a couple podcasts earlier. So yes. So, that but that, yeah. yeah, just kind of, that's, that's where I'm coming from here. But I mentioned how it was very, uh, Quentin Tarantino esque the way it was done with the graphics and the way that the editing was done. Like one that. thing I wanted to mention about this show, and it's dumb that I didn't, is the music that they use in this show because it does that thing that it does that thing that a lot of Tarantino stuff does, or that certain things do. Like, uh, and the guys who did this also created Peaky Blinders. Speaking of Peaky Blinders, which they do this a lot, where they use anachronist, anachronist music with a period piece. So, for example, like Scorsese. Like, of course, as he does a lot of that, too. Sure, yep. That's a great example right there, too. And so, like, for example, in Peaky Blinders, they use, like, uh, Red Right Hand by uh, Nick Cave in is the theme song for a show that takes place 100 years ago. So, yeah. um, so in this, not only is it a great story, but they basically have raided my sound, my, my, uh, my um, record collection for this, the music in this show. They use... ACDC when they're like blasting through the deserts. They use a band called Saxon, who I love. Uh, they use Johnny Thunders, uh, you know, like all sorts of like great, crazy. I think the MC5 is in there. And it's just like great, thrown up against these like visuals of World War II Africa and dusty old Jeeps flying around and blowing stuff up. Like it's the just, music they would have listened to back then if that yeah, music existed. That's a great, I, if they had the chance to go ahead in time. It would use the time machine to listen to badass like ACDC records. <laughs> <laughs> so, which tip of the hat, I say. Yeah. But yeah, so that was one thing I wanted to mention was the music that they use in that being that we're also a music-friendly space here uh, is so awesome the way that it collages together. Sometimes people don't like that and it sort of takes them out of stuff. Uh, I dig it if it's done well. I think if it's just done hodgepodge, it can be stupid. But I think they did a super great job with this and it kind of washes over you when you know you it works correctly so okay. another thing i wanted to touch base on that you and i had talked about and this is another thing i wanted to mention during our uh top gun maverick podcast was one of the things that, that goes with that movie you know the runaway tom cruise hit one of the things that kind of was like the internet was buzzing about was the theory that in top gun when uh, when he hits Mach 10 in this really critical scene, 
that in the universe of the movie, Maverick actually dies and that the the rest of that movie and this movie are kind of a like dream sequence or like a, you know, like a not, it make me like a surreal, not actual thing. And that is sort of like, like him, you know, fantasizing about this or of what, or what could be kind of thing. So did you ever listen to that, that theory? Yeah, I did. I thought it was interesting. And I actually, I kind of dug it. I mean, because it made, it kind of makes you think, right? Well, it made the scenes that did seem a little unbelievable, believable now, you know, like, okay, that would make sense. And express, you know, yeah, just the, yeah, I guess that's it. Just the things that just didn't really make a whole lot of sense or, oh, isn't that convenient? Now makes sense if you apply that theory to it. Yeah, so. and I don't, I don't know if I hundred percent buy it, but I love the thought of it. Well, they, the, the guy said if they make a, a a Top Gun three, then it just throws that whole theory out of yeah out of out here. So unless it's Miles Teller, well, then he wouldn't have been born because he was all a dream. So yeah. think about yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, it kind of reminded me of like when there was the whole thing about like Dark Side of the Moon and um, with the Wizard of Oz, and like you never thought about that until then. Someone's like. Oh, but you play them together, and oh, this whole day it was intended, and you know, like I kind of got that vibe from it. But I did um, it. Did you ever do that? Oh yeah, I used to work at a record store, and we would, you know, we were bored because it was at a mall. There used to be record stores, and they used to be in malls. Yeah, and uh, malls are a place where there's a bunch of. For those of you listening, <laughs> under the age of twenty five, I could I could stores. flash up an image of a of a mall. <laughs> And we used to do that all the time. We would play the dark side. We'd play dark side and show, uh, Wizard, and of show Wizard of Oz on a loop. Just you can actually go. Would, you can on YouTube. It's all yeah. over the place now. So. so this is like way before you could just call up cool things like that. I'm I'm glad you fixed up your mess there because yeah, I feel like how you're like my you're like <laughs> you're like my guy. You're like my my psychiatrist. I'm like oh, I forgot. I'm so such a calm failure. Down, you can do it. We run this show. We can have a special uh, segment. So that does it for me. How's life over there in your corner, my friend? I think I'm going to circle back on my uh, theme of movies hardly anyone's heard about. And what this, I like this one. I this, think this particular is a good one, though, I think may have been known by more people but they must have just overlooked it it's it's a uh, um it, it came out in 2017 um it was called a ghost story and it starred Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara um which you know those are two pretty big names i think even back then they were pretty uh decent names in 2017 uh they've gone on and, and done all kinds of things um but this movie is is rather odd it's not a scary movie uh first of all it's an a24 production which i personally love 90 percent of a24 production i'm with you me too and 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 also uh just i just to mention too that uh the director david lowry also did a great movie i think recently called the green knight Kind of a weird thing, but it's really oh, good. So. Oh yeah, I never saw it. That was good. I I loved it, but it's very like imagine like it's like King Arthur, but super on acid, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah, really good. And um, yeah, I saw the ad for it back in the day, but 
Yeah, this is this movie is considered a drama, fantasy, romance kind of thing. Um, it's very there's very few lines of dialogue in it. It's it starts off with you know uh, Casey and Rooney. They must be a newly married couple. Um, I haven't seen them in a while, so and actually they don't even have real names. They go they are referred to as C and M. Like, like they have, like their names don't even exist. Um, and everything seems really good. They're moving into this new house. And, um, then there's this really long shot of, you hear a, a car horn going off and this camera goes from the house really slow past the end of the driveway and, Something happened. Uh, he gets, I can't remember, but there's an accident that happens. And, and Casey is just his head against the steering wheel. Just, he's dead. I mean, we just meet this, this couple and he's dead. And there's no dialogue to this. There's no like funeral scene and all that. I think there's a quick scene of, uh, Rooney is in a morgue and they pull back, um, you know, the morgue guy pulls back the, the sheet and, and she's just staring at him. That's it. That's all we deal with the death part. And now the rest of the movie is her trying to cope with, you know, her, the love of her life gone. But there is a, guy in a sheet we assume it's casey affleck but we don't even know he's under the sheet with two holes for his eyes you know like the most cliche looking um you know ghost costume you've ever seen in cartoons or you know halloween costumes or whatever. and he's just standing there the whole time in every scene with uh rooney she's you know she's uh watching tv he's just standing there does she see him does she not see no him? she doesn't see him it's so he's that's supposed to be like some you know afterlife spirit you know uh, materialization of sorts manifestation uh, manifestation yeah thank you um, of sorts you know standing there in the room and there's it's it's awkward and sweet and fascinating all at the same time we're seeing her just there's dude there's these really long shots this is no joke there is I think it's five minutes long. There is a five-minute shot of her eating a pie. Someone brings a pie over to her, the house, you know, as like a, as like a, you know, a gift, you know, because of what she's gone through. Again, no words. This pie is there, and she sits down on the kitchen floor, and the ghost is standing there in the room, in the back of the room, and she's eating this pie. As five minutes, she eats the whole pie, and it's awkward and weird and you're wondering like are they gonna cut away anything and what am i watching um but it's a very sweet movie i'm telling you it, it doesn't sound like it from my explanation here it no i think like, you've i think you've done a great job i think that agony. sounds great and then at the end it goes into this really strange direction it's very small i don't even want to allude to it but I love it. And as, a, as I'm saying it right now, I need to watch it again. Actually, I don't think my wife has ever seen it. So I'd like to 
put her through the agony of this film. It really does, I think, if anything, it really does make you think about loss. I've had a friend uh, just recently, he he lost his sister um, suddenly to a heart attack. Um, he's my age. And, you know, if you've ever experienced loss of a family member, I'm not necessarily saying a friend, even though that's obviously traumatic too, but a, a close family member, all of a sudden you have this giant hole in your life. And you're seeing that played out really well in this film. You're, you're, you're seeing this woman dealing with this giant hole. And she's not, she's not pining for him. She's not off in a corner crying. There are those scenes, but she's just trying to get through life and trying to you know, figure out how to move on. And he either represents her longing for him or... He, you know, it's, you know, that he, he is in another dimension, just kind of, you know, watching her. He wishes he could connect. One of the things too, is I don't think he could leave the house too. He, he's like kind of confined to this. So when she goes, you know, he's stuck in the house. You see of like him looking through the window. <laughs> and again, if it's Casey Affleck, I feel so bad, not bad for him. But it's like, dude, you know, you're a big star and you know, they get a little, you know, like self-indulgent on, on how they look on screen and everything. And he's under a sheet the whole time. Well, so, yeah, or he could just be, you know, like, like the Mandalorian and every scene, except for five yeah, seconds, he's yeah. like have an extra. Yeah, I know. So yeah, it's a very good movie. So I, I, if it does require a little bit of patience, to watch it's not a popcorn movie it's not uh it's nothing you know if you go from watching the avengers and then come to this you're going to be bored of this but um it's a very sweet film and i would recommend it to anyone that just i don't know just wants a quiet night at home all right cool man well that is a great pick that is an excellent choice um i i'm uh i, I think that was a, a a good idea to throw that one in there uh well buddy we did it again i think we we accomplished mission accomplished one more time mission accomplished yeah <laughs> let's high five, five do we over do a, the people can yeah um virtual so, all right, well, that does it for us here at the media tavern uh thanks todd as always for joining me and you know this has been great thanks for producing all this stuff you do you're great you do a good job buddy that's all i can say i just cut i just cut well, I cut I all the crap out. So what you're hearing is the best of what we did. So that's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, for Todd Stanton, I am Eric Oblander. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as for now, the Media Tavern is closed. See you later. <laughs>